Well, this is the basis for the sermon today. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boat mending the nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat and the hired servants and followed him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Is it worth the cost to follow Jesus? I saw that question rolling around in the head of my friend. For our purposes today, we'll call him Mark. Is it worth the cost to follow Jesus? See, I met Mark at the St. Louis County Jail, and Mark had known Jesus. His grandmother made sure that he knew who Jesus was as he was growing up. He liked Jesus. He liked the message of Jesus. He had even had a come-to-Jesus moment earlier in his life, a previous time that he was in the same jail. And yet, he still wasn't sure if it was worth the cost to follow Jesus. Because what Mark experienced is something that most of us would not have experienced, is that for him to follow Jesus meant that he had to leave behind his family because his family had seen him as a means to get the money that they wanted to live the lifestyle that they wanted. It means he had to leave behind all of his friends because his friends saw him as somebody who could could peddle the drugs that they needed to move. And so for Mark, to follow Jesus meant to leave behind his family. It meant to leave behind his friends. It meant to live the insecure, unsafe life going against the gang that he had been a part of. And I got to sit there with four other guys who knew his experience a lot more than I did, who got to say that it is without a doubt worth the cost. Because Jesus comes into our lives and he brings with him God's kingdom of joy that is so far beyond any of the circumstances we might experience, his joy that permeates every aspect of our life. This kingdom of joy that even if we had to give everything in our lives for it, this kingdom of joy. This kingdom of joy that Jesus brings gives us so much more. And that's what we hear about in our passage for today. So Jesus brings this kingdom of joy. He comes into Galilee and he comes preaching the gospel. 
And this gospel is short, it is sweet, it is simple. I bet some might wish that our sermon sounded like this on Sunday mornings. One-liners, they're great. Jesus' gospel is simple. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. And that kingdom of God makes a difference. That kingdom of God is what comes into our lives and promises that everything that we experience, all of the pain, all of the suffering, all of the anxiety that we experience will fall away when the kingdom of God is fully realized. The fact that the kingdom of God is at hand is pure gospel because our sins will fall away. Because all of the mourning we have of the loved ones that we've lost, well, that mourning will fall away because when the kingdom of God is at hand, Jesus brings life. When the kingdom of God is at hand, the suffering and the sickness that we see our loved ones go through and the suffering and sickness that we go through, well, that falls away. The kingdom of God is at hand. And just after our text for today, we see Jesus throughout the rest of the gospel begins to prove that. He proves the kingdom of God is at hand as he puts his foot on the neck of the devil when he casts out a demon right after this. He proves the kingdom of God is at hand when when he heals the sickness of Peter's mother-in-law. He proves that the kingdom of God is at hand when he raises the dead and when he himself rises from the dead to bring life. This kingdom of God is at hand and this kingdom is a kingdom of joy because all of the suffering, all of the bad in our lives will fall away and this kingdom of God is delivered. That's the good news that Jesus brings. And he tells us exactly how to respond to it. He says, repent and believe in the gospel. We are Lutheran, after all, and so I think it's helpful to quote the 95 Theses because this is what kind of began our journey. And as Luther was posting those 95 Theses on the door of Wittenberg, he posted this text. Because this is the entire message of Jesus. From the beginning of Mark chapter 1 to the end of the Gospel of Mark, Jesus' message is repent and believe because the kingdom of God is at hand. And as Luther posts that on the wall or the door to the church, he says that the entire life, Jesus didn't intend for us to repent one time, but he intended for the entire Christian life to be one of repentance. Somebody asked me this week, what daily things can I do to better my relationship with God? And some of the daily things that we do, we we practice prayer, we practice reading scriptures, weekly we practice gathering together in the house of God. Those things are good and they're important, but they're really just the outward expression of this very thing that Jesus commands us to do in this text. Every time we encounter God's word, every time we go to him in prayer, every time we come here God is working in our hearts to change our hearts so that we can repent and believe in the gospel again. The entire Christian life is one of repentance. And that repentance doesn't look like sitting still and feeling sorry for ourselves. But what we see in this passage and what follows is that that repentance looks like actually turning around. 
It's turning our hearts away from the things they're chasing after, recognizing that our hearts are chasing after the wrong things, and turning them back to chase after Christ. We repent and believe in the gospel. And that's what we'll see in the next few verses. Simon and Andrew repented and believed in the gospel. James and John repented and believed in the gospel. All because we saw that Jesus is bringing God's kingdom of joy. Simon and Andrew had invested a lot of their lives in their career. They had become fishermen. Fishermen were an important, valued part of the society around Galilee. They were the ones who put food on the table, not just for their own families, but pretty much for the entire town. And if, if you believe that the place that they built the basilica on in Capernaum actually is the house of Simon Peter, well, they were probably pretty successful fishermen. They probably did pretty well at their craft, and they were pretty well respected in the community. And by giving themselves into that work, by letting their heart chase after that work, they gained respect, they gained an income, they were able to provide for their families by giving themselves over to their careers. They were able to build this little kingdom that, well, it wasn't so bad. But then Jesus comes. And as Jesus comes into their lives, he does what he always does and changes everything. And all he says is, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Now keep in mind that Jesus has just been out in the desert for 40 days fasting. Nobody has seen Jesus do a miracle at this point. So Jesus is this kind of weird vagabond dude walking across the shore of Galilee and he says to Simon and Andrew, follow me. They had a little bit of context. They, Andrew had probably heard John before say that this is the guy. Andrew told Peter the same thing. So they might have known what Jesus claimed to be. But they had no evidence that Jesus was anything that he claimed to be. And yet, Jesus doesn't speak human words. He speaks divine words. Full of the Holy Spirit on the shore, he says, come after me. And with the same creative word that moves creation into being, Jesus moves reality. And even though Simon and Andrew, we have no idea where their hearts were or what they were chasing after, at the word of Jesus, their hearts come back. They repent. They leave their nets. They turn. And they follow Jesus. They leave behind their kingdom because Jesus brings God's kingdom of joy. And I wonder if we could do the same. Andy was a used car salesman. Now, if you know the stereotype of used car salesman, it was hard for him to be a used car salesman and a Christian because he recognized that as a used car salesman, he could have been really successful financially if he had pushed people towards buying the things that they didn't really need, that they didn't really want, but they were pressured into. But as a Christian, he recognized 
that his occupation wasn't for the sole purpose of gaining the respect of the people above him. It wasn't only for the purpose of providing for his family, but his occupation was actually for the purpose of bringing God's kingdom of joy to the people that he interacted with. And so for Andy, it was a hard choice, but he, he decided when he sells cars, he is not going to give people what they don't need and what they don't want, but he is going to work for customers. And sometimes that put him behind. And sometimes that made it so that he didn't get along as well as he could have with his boss. Sometimes that brought friction into his life. But he left his nets and followed Jesus. Today, Andy decided he was actually going to sell something that everybody needs and became a pastor. It doesn't always look that way, but for for Andy it did as he pastors a church in Minnesota now. You see, when we leave our nets, when we leave our nets to follow Jesus, we look at our lives, we look at the motivations I have, we look at the sins, and like we're a football team watching film, we correct the places that our heart has gone wrong. So that when I come home from work and go into a rant about what my boss did that, that just sent me off this week, I can recognize that my heart is looking for love and validation in a place that it shouldn't. I can recognize that I've been looking for respect from human beings instead of recognizing that Jesus has brought the kingdom of God, a kingdom of joy into my life where I am loved and respected enough that God would send his only son actually to die for me. That he shows me the love and validation that I need, everything that I need, and he respects me enough to welcome me, just like he welcomed Simon and Andrew, into bringing that kingdom through my vocations into the lives of the people I interact with. Repent and believe in the gospel because the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, a kingdom of joy is at hand. That's what Andy did. That's what Simon and Andrew did. And that's also what James and John would do. They would repent. For James and John, it was a little bit different because they were a part of the family business. Now keep in mind, the Jewish dream is a little bit different from the American dream. Their dream was not to move out of the house and get married and start a family somewhere else where they could get their own white picket fence away from and independent of their parents. Now for James and John, the dream was to raise their children the same place that their great-grandfather had been raised. The dream was to be right where they were. The dream was to inherit the family business that their dad Zebedee had worked hard at turning into an enterprise because they had hired servants in the boat. This wasn't just a thing of dad and sons. This was a big deal. And James and John had hoped and dreamed to be a part of that business for their entire lives and to raise their children there in Galilee. And then Jesus comes. And when Jesus calls them, they leave their father in the boat. 
You see, they leave behind their hopes and dreams, their hopes and dreams of what their family was going to look like, their hopes and dreams of everything that they had grown up being taught was what they should have. They left that behind to follow Jesus, not because they hated their father, not because they wanted to get away, but because they recognized that Jesus is here bringing God's kingdom of joy. And without that kingdom of joy, even if they had everything that they hoped and dreamed for from childhood, they would always spend their entire lives wanting more. But the kingdom that Jesus brings promised to satisfy. It promised joy. So they left it behind and followed Jesus. That call isn't a call to some kind of monastic life where we leave behind our spouses or leave behind our families, but it is a call the same to us to repent, to check our hearts and see if I am looking for my own validation, if I'm looking for respect, if I am looking for love only out of my family, to the point that if God was to take one of those family members away, I would fall apart. As we look at our hearts today, I wonder if our hearts are set on building a family, a family business that we hope our children can inherit, or building an inheritance that's big enough that it will provide for our children. I wonder if our hearts might be set on raising our children to be the successful Uh, productive, lucrative members of society. I wonder sometimes if, if our hearts are set on the wrong things. Or for those of us who don't have families yet, maybe, maybe our hearts are set on finding the Mr. or Mrs. Right. And as we find that person, we will build the American dream with the white picket fence and the children. We will find happiness. And so often in our lives, whether it's through family or through something else, our hearts are set on happiness. But happiness is fleeting. Happiness is circumstantial. It depends on what is going on around us in our lives. But the kingdom of God and the joy that Jesus brings, it doesn't depend on circumstances. It depends on the promise of a God whose promises are always true. It depends on the promise of a God who can move reality just like he does in the lives of Simon and Andrew as they leave their occupation to follow him, just like he does in the lives of James and John, who leave even their father behind to follow him. Repent and believe the gospel. And as we follow Jesus, as we repent and believe in the gospel, this isn't something we only do today, but our hearts are awakened every day. Our hearts are awakened in ways that that show us that even our occupation, even our family, no matter what gifts God has given us in our lives, that all of these are places where God intends to actually bring his kingdom of joy through you. So that in our families, We can bless them and love them even better by leaving behind the desires of our heart to follow Jesus. 
We can bless them by taking that ever-valued family time or that, that valued time when we're hosting a friend or a neighbor or anybody in our household or extended household. We, we can value that time even more. Maybe we can spend time going over the weekly awakening question. Maybe we can spend time having a, having a productive spiritual conversation. Maybe we can spend our time inviting people in to this congregation to worship together. Maybe we can spend our time in our neighborhoods inviting the people around us to serve for the purpose of the betterment of the neighborhood, whether they're Christians or not. You see, no matter where you have been, whether you have let your heart go after careers or families or something that James and John and Simon and Andrew would have been foreign to, no matter what we have left our hearts to go after, today the call is the same as it's been every day. Repent and believe in the gospel. Look at your heart. Turn it back to Jesus because Jesus' promise is that the kingdom of God is at hand. Is that worth the cost? That, that's a silly question, really. It's like asking, would you rather have $10 today or a million dollars a year from now? Because I could go bankrupt tomorrow, but a million dollars a year from now sounds pretty sweet. Jesus is bringing the kingdom of God. It is a kingdom of joy. It is beyond anything that you could pay to receive it. Jesus is bringing the kingdom of God into our lives, a kingdom of joy, so that we could repent and believe the gospel today and every day of our lives. Now may the peace of the kingdom that Jesus brings, may this peace that surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We have a weekly awakening question to consider for this week. And talk about this with your families. Talk about this with your neighbors. Spend the time to dig into this. How have you realized the joy of repenting and following Jesus? Or maybe the question for you this week will turn into how will you realize it, but how have you realized the joy of repenting and following Jesus this week?